Welcome to Full Breach Guardians. That's right, folks. This is a Destiny podcast talking about patience is verboten and running in and dying is the honor that we all set. What's that? No, this isn't about the magic app. Roma. Well, at least I got the dying part right. Holy crap, guys. What the hell is going on with Roma these days? Uh, we got draws. We got lost today to Fiorentina. Not good. Somebody please help me out. I got Julian and I got Alex with me. Guys, what is the deal with our beloved Joe Rossi? Oh, wow. I mean, you suck at Destiny. Roma suck at playing football. I don't know. Right? I don't get... For the record, for our listeners, I'm not really sure why we're talking about Destiny so much. I'm also out of the loop here. Well, because it was a fantastic intro, and you should shut up and just accept it. Excuse me. Um, you know what? You know what burns most about losing to Vincenzo Montella finally, which is that we had never lost to Vincenzo Montella before. Um, I mean, that's probably as good a place to to really underline just how much we're struggling right now. Because you know, to play devil's advocate a little bit, it's not the worst. I mean, we are still in second in in a gap that's increasingly shortening to third. Um, and but. Any other way you look at this, I mean, we've been a disaster pretty much since the Bayern game, if not slightly before. Um, yeah, yep. You know, maybe, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess we're gonna, just going to open this by talking about how truly, really bad we've become because it's not even like we're playing good football and losing. We're right. playing bad football and we're getting bad results. And that the problem at the end of the day is 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 it's just that it's I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel here really I'm not really sure what we're trying to do anymore I'm not really sure that these players some of the new recruits brought in are really up to what the level that this team wants to be at um, they're definitely up to the level the team is playing at right now but you know f- five draws out of the last six or whatever it happens to be and then a loss today it's just not good enough period. Alex, uh, I, I agree with the ambitions we have, but look at the starting lineup. It's, uh, you know, it's not exactly the same class now compared to to the potential we have in a starting lineup. I mean, crucial key players when they're when they're um, missing, uh, the new players or the backup. They don't fill that void. So, but the only ones who are truly missing, Alex, I think, are our starting center backs from last season, and it's actually been our defense Gervinho. that's been pretty good. And Gervinho, of course, who we've struggled immensely without up front. And but I think Struttmann as well in 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 the, in the fit Struttmann is more than good so, enough to lift. Yeah, but I, we had we did have a fit Struttmann. You know, he was playing with us for a while, and he looked good in flashes before he got injured. And now, word is he'll he'll miss you know the rest of the season probably, which of course is just awesome. how things are going at Roma right now. Um, yeah. But even when he was playing, this was not the same Strutman as it was last season. Miradol yeah. Pjanic is not the same Pjanic he was last season. Totti has dropped off. Florenzi has dropped off incredibly, which hurts me as probably his biggest fan period. Um, Mike Kahn is nowhere near the same. De Sanctis actually hasn't made a howler in a while, but he's not really keeping us in games either. So it's I don't know if it's just injuries either at this point. The players are not performing. Yeah, I think, Julian, you hit on something a bit earlier when you talked about, uh, you know, it just doesn't look like they know what, what they're doing. or And I think... To me, that's what, what I see when I watch the game. There's last year, you know, win, lose, or draw, you could tell that there was a style of play that they were trying to, uh, take to their opponents. And this year, even at the beginning of the year when they had, you know, a bit more success, but they still really weren't playing outstanding, you, you didn't really see that. You didn't see that they had a style and that they were trying to force you know, enforce their will upon their opponents like they did uh, the beginning of last season. And, you know. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I, 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 the confidence is gone. And more than anything, last season, there was like a systematic way we were scoring goals. I mean, you could see right. it. You could see the overlap from the wingers. You could see Mike on and certain midfielders moving up, Tolti creating space. This season, when we score, it seems like an accident or it seems like 
Laic is pulling something out of his ass, or Totti is, you know, doing whatever he does. But it's it's individual it's individual moments of brilliance or, or defensive lapses that we're we're getting now. It's not it's not the systemic flowing football that's you know creating space and exploiting gaps at the back anymore. Yeah, but yep, but I, exactly. I think the the whole I agree with you guys, but I think the whole mess is also. Um, I mean, look at last year, the De Rossi goal in the first game against Livorno and Benatia, I think against Sampdoria, those small glimpses that saves the game and gives us the, the confidence uh, by a bit of luck. And this time, we don't have that extra luck everything goes against us in terms of injuries but you make your own i think you make your own luck alex and the injuries have been abominable absolutely i mean i cannot remember the last time we've had an injury crisis anywhere near as we've had it this season it's been unbelievable really i mean at times we're missing an entire back line if not more you know midfielders iturbe can't even stay fit this season i mean it's been absolutely incredible but at the same time if, if i think it's more than that i think that for all the good garcia did last season with our 433 i think his rigid rigid application of it is only hurting us now it's clear that teams are learning how to bypass it i mean teams are completely isolating our offense from our midfield and the midfield from the defense and there are times when i look at some of the players positioning and i don't understand what they're trying to do there are times when it seems like none of the midfielders are playing as a holding midfielder. Like, all three of them are further up. Or players get to defenders and they just stand there. Like, no one is trying to pull them in or make runs anymore. It's something, something, there's no fluidity about this 4-3-3 anymore. It's completely rigid at times. And um, I don't want to blame too much of this on Garcia. I think I've probably been one of his biggest defenders. But I, for the life of me, I can't understand why we're not at least trying a different shape, a different formation, seeing, seeing what can work there. Yeah, I, I agree, and and I I look at, um, you know, chance creation, and that's, you know, kind of been a benchmark uh, of a lot of say like the Spalletti era where we were never or generally by and large not lacking for opportunities. We just couldn't finish right because of some of the, you know, lesser quality that we had. You know, coming in. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, exactly. Um, and last year, you know, for a good portion of the season, it was the same thing. We were creating chances, and and some of those went in, and some of them didn't. Uh, but you know, the tailspin at the end of last year, I, I just honestly don't know that we ever really recovered from in terms of being able to understand how to break teams down. And that goes to your points again, Julian. Why are why are we not trying something you know different and? You know, the 4-2-3-1 that every once in a while we'll throw out there. I mean, it's really kind of the 4-3-3 in disguise, and it's... It, I don't know. I think the 4-2-3-1, the four, if done the right way, could work. But if done the right way, we yes. Play, we play it like a 4-3-3 in disguise. That, I mean, that, right, that, right. that's inarguable, but we shouldn't be. I mean, we should be playing that with two holding midfielders, a holding midfielder and a regista, or, you know, it, instead it just becomes Pjanic pushes up or Pjanic comes back, and that's kind of the end of it. You know, his name, if you just add a couple letters, remove one, is very similar to Bench. And I would be fine if that's where he sat. Just saying. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with the system. I mean, I think Garcia knows which cake he wants to bake. He, he just doesn't have the ingredients. And maybe in terms of the new purchases we can try to make something work again up front yeah but I mean I think those kinds of players are like the screaming for the, the we have to win that counter attack catch the other team kind of uh, scenario but more often than not I mean you'll get a few of those opportunities a game but our issues are when teams put a lot of players uh you know in front of the the goalie and 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 breaking teams down in a you know half court offense to use a basketball analogy or terminology and we are terrible at that and other teams that you know that play against those same teams when they're trying to do the same thing have found ways to break those teams down and still get good a lot of 
quality uh, opportunities towards net. And that's the thing that bothers me is that here we are, year two, and the state, the things that beat us or gave us problems last year are the things that beat us and are giving us problems this year. And that's to me is I, I think it's, it's, it's almost deeper than that. If we want to be a counterattacking team and we want to be a team that is going to break teams down on the counter, when we have to allow them to have the ball, first of all. But then we have to be solid at the back. You can't ha- allow the other team to have the ball and have a story back there doing God knows what all the time. Mike on being late to step up into the offside trap. DeSanctis not even able to catch a ball when it shot his way. I mean, we don't even, sometimes we don't even get the chance to counter the way we should. And then once we do get the ball and go for it, it ends up being a disaster. I mean, Mike yep. on this season has, I can't, in the last two games, I've counted three times where with a defender near him, he's trying to dribble around them and he, he does like, kind of like a 180 move where he tries to bring the ball around and all three times I've seen in the last two games, he leaves the ball behind. He's not even bringing the ball with him anymore. I mean, I, I just don't under, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't put, and I understand what you're saying, but I don't shoulder the offensive woes on our fullbacks. I mean, I think there's plenty of issues with the guys up front. Um, not getting the job done. Which is fair, but Mike on, Mike on was a huge part of the attack last season. And he, yeah, he could, yeah. I mean, he, he I is one of the most offensive fullbacks out there. And in his prime, he can be, and he did, I mean, I don't want to be too harsh. He scored that, you know, the equalizer for us in our last league game. But again, that's kind of papering over the fact that he really didn't have that good of a game. That goal was very nice. And I'm glad we drew instead of losing, but it's not like you can score one goal and then everything else kind of goes away. No, I agree. I agree. I, I, completely see the points on last year because he forced defenses to uh, address him and that in turn gives space to the players inside the box. Um, but And last year he kept he kept the entire flank of players worried because you never knew what Mike On was going to do and he was so effective at it. Right. But this year it seems like teams are attacking him at will. Like they, they recognize age is catching up with him, motivation, whatever whatever the issue is and I think we're seeing more attack. I don't have the numbers in front of me to prove this, so I could be completely wrong. But it seems to me like we're even seeing more attacks down his side than we saw last year. Yeah, I mean, it could be. Um, I'm, I'm. I know that we are not the defensive wall that we were last year. Uh, the injuries have been pointed out many times already on this podcast alone to our our defensive line. Um, but. There have been plenty of games where we've not conceded or not conceded a lot, and our offense just hasn't done enough. So not recently, unfortunately, but earlier in the season, sure. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't like we were winning four three, and the defense like barely held on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so no, but I, even the last few, you know, the whole month of January was practically we'd go into a game, concede early do just enough to tie it and then we'd end up with a draw but it was it was kind of the defense putting us in the hole and then somehow the offense using that as motivation to to scrape a point by I don't know I I don't see it that way I look at it as uh whatever it is that we're doing to put the efforts towards tying the game should be that and more when the game starts and that's what we did last year uh it was it was um, an Right. It, it I don't was think patient. It was patient. It wasn't always like run and gun. I think we, you know, we had that string in the beginning of the season where we weren't scoring in the first half at all, uh, but we were still controlling games. And again, it goes back to what we were saying earlier about uh, imposing our will on the teams we were playing against, and just. But I, it just, I guess that's kind of the fundamental problem, though. Is like, what is Roma's will now? Do we are we still trying to be the team we were last season with? A formation that surprises no one anymore with, you know, a style of play that everybody's used to without, you know, the two center backs that we had because I think that's kind of the problem right there then, isn't it? I don't know if, like I said, if you, it, it all comes down to the opposition knows what kind of team we are. Everyone know what kind of football Garcia plays. It's fine. As long as we are the better team, we, sh- we should win. The games, but the problem, but the problem I think maybe should be, if you look at last year, we have Benatia and Castan, and the presence they had as defenders, total control. I think that influenced the midfielders in front of them. They could relax more and and 
they can, you know, concentrate more going forward instead of trying to, to get back and, and, and save, um, you know, potential threats because right now we have, uh, Ambida and, uh, Manolas and Astori and more than often we see them like headless chicken. I mean, Manolas is the only one who gets a pass this year, but I don't see him as the same leader as uh, Benatia was. So we kind of, it, it, I think it influences the, the whole, the whole stru- structure in the team when we don't have that presence in the, in the, the or leaders but, in the defense. But there's the, the leadership should be taken up by someone else. I mean, we have Seydou Chieta now. De Rossi is there. Totti is there. Mike On is there. Di Sanctis is there. These aren't like inexperienced players. These are guys who should be, who should be able to kind of take up that leadership role. And I agree that, of course, not having the center backs starting that we had last year is going to have a knock-on effect, but it's become too pervasive now. It's not like we're attacking well, but defending poorly. We're not even attacking well at this point. But don't you think the attacking thing can be better when if the if the backbone is is uh, like perfect like last year doesn't it kind of I agree I think I think if if we're dealing with a, a danger attack you know where there's high risk high reward then yes but there's been so many times where the ball's been completely under control and in our possession and we still look like we have no idea what the hell to do with it but that was the same problem last year we did struggle in the final third, that's what the this the second half of the year, yes, yeah. So it's not like a new problem for us. No, yeah, I agree. That's why I said it earlier. I think I don't think we've ever recovered from the slide from last year. I don't, the I problem don't know. is the defense, in my opinion. That's the new problem. But for but, us. but we had we had Castan and Benatia last year at the second half, yep. and if it's the case that we were struggling to score even with them. Then I don't know how we could say that just their absence here could be, you know, a huge contributing factor to our scoring was this season. I, I agree that it is part of it because I think they were both better passers than any of the center backs we have now, besides the fact that they're also better defenders. Um, but that, I mean, they don't, the, the job of the team and the coach then is to adapt around that. Uh, I mean, Agreed. when Atia left, we, you know, we don't have to recap that. What happened to Castan's been, terribly unfortunate i mean just for him as a person let's let's even ignore the fact that roma doesn't get to see him but i'm sure that was a terrifying experience to go through um and but our the job now should have been to figure out a way to attack that wasn't so reliant upon them and if we are now in january and we haven't seen castan place in september and we knew benatia was gone in august then that's a huge failure on everyone's part to to adapt to it we're actually in February. It's February now. Yeah, I'm. I I believe the middle and final thirds are are bigger issues in terms of the impact on our offense for obvious reasons. I don't. I understand all the points about the the leadership angle of having strong and confident center backs and and what that does to you know entire play moving the ball forward. But not um, not only leadership, just in term terms of uh, skill. I mean, we had no bullshit defenders. No, we have just bullshit defenders. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna argue that point at all. Uh, I just think that our, regardless of their confidence in the players behind them, uh, I think our midfielders, in terms of being able to help further the agenda down the field have been poor. Uh Pjanic has been just god awful in my opinion. Um if he I wouldn't go that far. I think that's I would. Harsh. I think I, I think God awful really you think he's god awful god awful is that seems yes. harsh to me. Sell, he's been, sell, he's sell. been unfortunately sell. Oh yes, that's, I agree. I am I am completely in the you, same Greg, book. you've been wanting to sell him since we bought him. Yes, this is true. Um, but, however, I would put him in the same category, and I've seen it in the post-game report cards, if you will, uh, where he is terrible, scores a free kick, and gets like a 7 or an 8 because of it, um, which is kind well, of it's your point. With Mike too, which is right. That's your point right. around, around Mike Kahn, right? The, the goal does not... 
eliminate a complete waste of a game. And, and listen, these are, these are situations where we are struggling. We're struggling at the thing that he's supposed to bring to this team, and he has done nothing in the way of... I mean, he's supposed to be the creative metronome in our midfield, right? And so we look at Totti up front, and, you know, at the age of 38, it's a miracle this man's even at the level he is now, and he saved our skin more this season than any other player bar none. But he's not having the same influence he had last season either. And even Lyach, who's had a pretty good year, all things considered, he's in a bit of a slump now too, and he's not... There are times where he has the ball, and it seems like he can't make what he wants to happen with it happen. happen. Like... It seems like every it, this is a problem that is not just affecting Pjanic, but no matter who comes in there, it seems like the teammates around them are not doing what they need them to do in order for us to be a good creative force. We're too we're too slow. We're too static now. We're playing like a team full of thirty nine year olds instead of having one thirty nine year old who's often you know actually trying to contribute and trying to make a pass. But, but even even when they're using speed, it's still a, just a disjointed mess, right? Um, Guys open, and then... uh, To to bring this to a different angle, I think it was John Solano who tweeted today that out of all the crises he's seen Roma in in the past few seasons, this is kind of one of Roma's more minor ones. And I think he's got a pretty fair point because it's kind of easy to see like ways we can get around this. One, I think, is just having Dumbia will be a huge difference. I'm excited to see him in this lineup. Having a, a focal point, really, at the front of the attack who's also fast and can pull defenders out of position but can actually score goals, which is something that it seems like no one else on the team can do right now. I mean, that alone should change the way we play, should change the way we approach matches. Getting Jorvino back in here, I mean, just the effect of just being able to score, and hopefully, you know, even if we're going to concede that one goal a game from a boneheaded mistake, but if we can finally start outscoring the opposition just to get wins and confidence back, I mean, the kind of effect that could have could be enormous, because right now it's it's at a low. I think... um if you look at the starting lineup and you see Tati and, and Jajic starting together, I think you already there can, can potentially see the, the dangers for Roma, um, or, or the potential in a bad game coming up because those two, um, I don't think they, uh, combine well in terms of what kind of skills they have and how they can uh, make the other one better. Taking a look at Gervinho, um, and, uh, the Ibarbo and Dombia, if you have speed, you want one thing to combine with speed, and that's pass and, and vision, uh, and passing. Yep. Um, so that, that could Which be. Which is why I think that actually having people talking about having Dumbia, Gervinho, and Iturbe all up front, I think would in a lot of ways be a bad thing. I think we'd have three players that are almost too similar. And um yeah, I've relied too much on Pjanic being on form for that to to work. Right. But, but we, I think if you mix that with the skill set of Totti, it makes sense. You can also put Totti on the bench and maybe have Jajic on. But if you have both on, like today, um, you have two players where Totti is shining when he can, you know, put the the through ball. Uh, and key passes, but he didn't have those players today to 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 use that. I mean, Jajic is, give me the ball, and I will try to dribble. Uh, I'm not going to run, so, you know, just pass to my feet. It's, it's not the same kind of style that, yeah. that, that, that makes Totti use, you know, the best side of him. It, it kind of, I'm afraid it's becoming a cycle now, a cycle of the, the guys not believing in themselves. So that's why I'm hoping that a guy like Dumbia can come in from the outside and kind of break that. I mean, his goal-scoring record speaks for itself. He's a, a tremendous goal-scorer um, in, in in Russia and in the Champions League, too. He's an experienced player, so I just hope he can combine better with the rest of the team than, say, Destro did, who I think Bloggy Stuta described him perfectly. Uh, you know, our good friend Oscar said that he's kind of like the seeker on a Quidditch team looking for the golden snitch, and everyone else is playing a whole other game entirely. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, like, like I said, initially it's we don't have the ingredients uh, at yep. the current time. So, I mean, with the right with the right kind of players fit and ready to play, I think we can see much change from the start. But looking at today's lineup, I'm not surprised that we struggled a bit. But you know, with a bit more efficiency. But that's a good that's a good lineup. And I, I mean, against Fiorentina, fine. Fiorentina are a good team. They're not 
a spectacular team, of course, but they have a good team. But against the likes of Empoli, when we were both down to 10 men in the second half, there's no, there's no reason we shouldn't be beating them on equal footing like that. But I'm, I'm not saying it's, it's not necessarily a bad lineup. I mean, the current Roma in the, in the current form would have lost all these games we have drawn. So it's like we can salvage a draw, but it feels like a loss. Um, but that's because we have a good lineup, but we are talking about, uh, a champions league kind of, uh, team fighting for the Scudetto kind of ambition, you know, the ambition. I mean, we should, for the time being, that's not, I, I, we shouldn't even be talking about these things. No, but we did. Until we can actually start start winning games again. But we did. Which I was against, I was, for the record, I was against this all of last season because I, I see, I just think that this kind of thing could happen. There's no point talking about that in September. If you want to compete for the Scudetto, be there in April, be there in March, be there in May. Um, and to, and one of the things that I really baffles me about Garcia is his refusal to just come out and say that we're playing poorly, things have to change, yeah. we're going to try something different. To constantly say that the guys are playing good, we're going to come we're going to get around this corner, you know, um what did he say today? After uh, Cagliari will be back to the good times. It's it almost sounds disingenuous. It's like he's not acknowledging the problem that everyone else is seeing. And I don't think that he's not seeing it. I wonder if he's almost uh, who knows what he's saying to the players internally and then externally just saying whatever to the press. I mean, that could be it. But as a fan reading it, it's it's concerning to to not hear him just be be more honest and open about what's going on. Yeah, I just what bothers me is the opportunities in terms of. Uh, you're absolutely right, Julian. Talking about the scudetto, just play the games and and let's find out near the end of the season where we're at. Um, but at the same point in time, when you look at time and time again, we've had opportunities to be in the lead, even. Yes. Uh, you know, and every, I think that's what there's stumble. That's like, the most frustrating part. Yeah, Juve would stumble, and then we would go out and tie or lose, or you know. I mean, it's not like last last season we didn't win the Scudetto, and I still don't really think there's any shame in that because we came up against the side that ended up with the most points in Serie A history, which means right. that no matter what we did that season, we weren't going to win it. No other team would have won it that season yeah. either. Despite Fine. the fact that we but, crapped it away, you know, with poor performances. But, yes, you're right. Well, no, I mean, and I think that, that gets a little revised, too. People talk about the Juve ended with, what, a nine-point gap over Roma. We lost the last three games of the season once they were mathematically in first, which means that... Oh, more than half of the points, the difference there was, were games that essentially Roma didn't really care about, and Juve did because they were chasing a points record. I mean, the last three games of the season, we played just our B-sides, essentially, looking to see who we were going to keep for next season, looking to give the youngsters a chance. I mean, there's no way anybody on that team really cared about those last three games, and uh, that's know. neither here nor there, it's, really. It's pride. But, it is pride, which, which you know we lost, and the the table never lies. But I think it's a little misleading. In oh, it's, that it's definitely it's definitely misleading in that regard. But it just that was just disappointing from my standpoint. That's all. But right, I mean, Juve this season are not what they were last season. Correct. Um, they're still a very good side. Correct. And besides the fact, I mean, let's not mince words. They deserve to be in first. They play much better than we do as a team. Correct. And even when they don't, they have guys like Pogba and Tevez who consistently bail them out with yep. goals from goals that you can't even imagine a player on our team scoring. The kind of stuff that Pogba has been doing this season. I mean, you look at Nangolin taking a long range shot, and you watch Pogba do it, and it's like one of them is not even playing the same sport, which is a shame. Truly, I wish that it wasn't like that. But yeah. You know, somebody uh, posted this, it was a few weeks ago, maybe more, um, and it was the quote from Sir Alex Ferguson talking about Lippi's Juventus teams, saying that seeing them play was when he realized what it was that his team was missing, and before they started really kind of their large runs of of success at Man United and that was just the the skill and ability to know how to win. And when I think about that and I look at Juve now and I look at Roma now and it's and Roma past even recent years uh you know before the the American ownership that's always been something that they have lacked that just complete and utter knowledge of how to win a game, how to win a match. And that becomes catch-22, doesn't it? Because you can't have match, you know, to some extent, it's hard to, 
to make a team that's never won before win. But then how do you get those guys to begin with? And I think a lot of it's just good transfers. I mean, I think we yeah, tried and to the coach, right? Teams. You brought in Mike on, we brought in Kieta. You know, these are guys who have won quite a few. Yep. Garcia's won trophies before. I mean, um, but it's, I mean, people talk about Syria in, in a downward spiral, and of course it's not what it used to be, but you look at the players that you've brought in. Napoli have brought in, you know, Higuain, who half of Europe wanted when he was available. And it, Gomez is now on Fiorentina, who again was very highly in demand, even though he's been on a little bit of a slump. But it's, it's tough. It's not like this was, if with this team that we have now during the Calcio, you know, the post Calciopoli years, maybe it would have been enough to beat that inter side. You know, maybe this team would have been strong enough to not have the blackouts that Spalletti's team did. Right. But it's a different landscape now, and to beat this Juva side, we have to be per- close to perfect. Close to close to perfect, and we're very far from that. Yep. Very far from that. But but it's it's these last draws and, and these kind of scenarios that you just, you can't have that and expect to you know, no. have a have a largely successful year. No, let I mean, let's not get ourselves. Problem. We're not. Juve are going to win the Scudetto this season. I mean, barring a momentous what? collapse, the likes of which they <laughs> haven't had. There's, I mean, we should be worried about second. I I wish I wish Garcia would say something to that effect. Napoli are only four points behind us now, and they were in a very bad way in the beginning of the season. But they're coming together very well at the right time, and we're doing the opposite. And it's it's always they end up in the in the good positions at the end and. Peaking early, I mean, we've seen how many years, you know, up until maybe last year, did Lazio begin the season flying super high? They would be in second or third around Christmas, and then they would just tail off at the end. A good start only gets you so far. So, yeah, it's, but, um, but keep in mind, I think very, I think Juventus are the only consistent team in the league. So we they've and they faltered too. I mean, they had a chance to go up what nine points this weekend, yeah. but they. Which is true, but they faltered, but they're faltering less than everyone else. Yeah, yes, but they my, are. my point is Napoli and Roma will bo- both probably have moments where they struggle and moments where they will be very strong and still safely land the, the second and the third yes. spot. Yes, and I think, I think that one of the good things we have going for us is that a lot of our big games in the second half of the season we get to have at home. Because we went away a lot in the first half. We already played Napoli at the Sao Paulo. We already played Juve at the Juve Stadium. So they at least, at the very least, they have to come to Rome and and play there, which is you know, which is probably the way you'd want to have it if you got to design the schedule yourself. So it's not all doom and gloom, but we're not putting ourselves in a great position right now. And I think that first things first, we just have to start winning. I don't really care how we do it, how ugly it is. We just have to start getting points again, period. And then from there. Right. From there, we can work on playing Paredes more, and everyone wants to play youngsters more, and I don't really see what I what don't. the point is of that right now. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just want to win. <laughs> right. I, I don't care I think if they're 85 years old. <laughs> just win. But then I feel bad. If there's, you know, a guy like Verde's been getting points lately, and someone mentioned, you know, he played the final few minutes today, maybe the last 10 minutes, and I'm, I'm not going to say who, and to be honest, I don't remember, but someone tweeted at me something to the effect of, Bastos, every time he touches the ball, he loses it. And it's like, well, this is great. We we scream and scream for Garcia to throw in youngsters. He throws in a youngster for 10 minutes. 10 minutes an 18-year-old has against a side like Fiorentina, almost a full-strength lineup, and then we criticize everything he does. I mean, it's no wonder these guys don't break through in Italy because they can't win either way. Well, can't we just put Uchan on for Pjanic just for the fun of it? Please? Is he still hurt? I don't know. I, don't... I, think, the less, I think the less Uchan plays... The more people read him, because I do not. I, based on what I saw this preseason, I cannot imagine for the life of me why everyone wants him to play so badly. What? <laughs> I think his reputation his reputation has grown leaps and bounds from the fact that we have not seen him. The best thing coming out of this show is Alex has a new sound. <laughs> <laughs> he has a signature he's, sound now. <laughs> he's a good young. Man, don't get me wrong, but he's raw, and if we think that Pianic isn't making the passes that he needs to make. Some of the preseason friendlies I saw Uchan in were good. It's the good. The talent's there, but he needs to be on loan to like Sassuolo or uh, Empoli. He needs to be playing and getting minutes in because I think that he could be a protagonist for us. But and I think that's another problem we have too is none of our guys, none of the young guys that we have are playing, and the guys that we send on loan don't seem to be playing either. Like Carbonero, I think is barely even playing over. But- 
I, so, I, would, I would rather have Uchan try and failing than Pjanic not trying and still, you know, failing. Yeah, the result being the same, right? I, so, I agree with that because I haven't even seen him try to make the pass and just not have it work. I, I, I just see him, he gets the ball and just finds somebody and gives it to somebody like, else or, or he just like gives it away. Seems like a lot to me to ask somebody so so young and so inexperienced to try to come in now, take up the mantle that we used to have Pjanic have, and then have him have the same impact. I almost think it's not fair to have to even ask him to do that. No, no, that's no. what we're, that's what you're asking Verde to do too, right? But not of Pjanic, but of somebody yeah. else. Verde comes on in the last ten minutes to play for the Mikon just to get just to get minutes. I think that that is what I would have Ugan do. But if we we yeah, want I think him that's to start, what we're talking about, right? Or isn't that what we're talking? Oh, about? then I. I yeah. thought that's what you, I thought you him to start in place of Pjanic. No, 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 no. At the moment when Pjanic offers so little, I think it's obvious that we have Strupman, Fit, and Nangolan, and Keita are our best three midfielders. So those are my three to go. In I'm not sure that they go well together, though. I'm I'm not I'm not convinced that the three on paper I think you're right. Like individually, they are our three best midfielders. But I I think that. I'm not sure they can they shield the defense the way that De Rossi does when he's on, even if he's not in the best form of his career. Yeah, I mean De Rossi. Uh, the problem with De Rossi is like with the pianist thing. I mean, there De Rossi is like he's a leader, but he doesn't offer so much else. While Pjanic is technical, but he's supposed to be more of a leader in the midfield, and you know. If you mix those yeah. two guys, we w- would have one hell of a midfielder, but we don't have... <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think that we're hitting around a really important point, which is last year, everybody in, in the world literally raved about our midfield, and I don't think anybody's talking about them doing anything But it, it's year. funny, because last year it was De Rossi, Strutman, Pjanic until Strutman got injured. We bought Nangolan, and Nangolan kind of stru- you know, slotted in seamlessly there. And of all those four players, the only one I think this season who's had the same impact would be Nangolan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by far. Yeah, but I mean, he, he, the th- we can't have him be our best midfielder. That's the problem. Right? I, I, I disagree because I, I genuinely think he's a very, very good player. I the, agree. I agree. But he's, 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 he's can't not be our best, he could be our best if the other two were even like I don't know sixty percent as good, but <laughs> but it can't it's, be that way. We can't have like listen. He he he's scored some nice goals, but he's generally you know a bull. And well, he's great in the tackle. He's he, he's yeah, a that's box to box midfielder. I think exactly. That's why. That's what I'm saying. Out. He can't be our best guy. He's got to be the guy that does exactly what a box to box midfielder. But I, I I don't mind him being our best guy. I, I don't think that's the issue at all. I, and I think maybe we're trying to say the same thing here in different ways, Greg. Yeah, but I think that the problem is that De Rossi and Pjanic just aren't for, not a, forget about being our best players. I mean, they're sometimes when they play, it's 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 like they're the worst. I mean, Mirel and Pjanic, who's supposed to be the heartbeat of this team, there are games that go by, and it seems like I barely remember him touching the ball, and he'll have something like. 80 passes and a 90% pass accuracy, and it's like, where did, where was he passing the ball to? Five feet all away from somebody else. It's all laterally and backwards. It's yes. not forwards, but, Correct. but it, this is chicken and the egg again. Is he not passing it forward because Meryl Olympianich forgot how to pass forward? Or are the forward players not making the runs that they used to, and he's got nowhere to pass it forward? So then what you do is you put the ball through the slot. When the guy doesn't run, he looks like an idiot, and you say, go run, and that, then you'll get that pass. I mean, not trying is far worse right now than what we're what we are doing because that's obviously not working. So you got to take some chances. And I think this is what this is what Iturbe was doing well that I don't think he was getting enough credit for was that he was at least trying and his first touch was heavy. Fine, I'll grant that. And I think that he he didn't he was fit, you know, especially before any of his injuries. I thought his his initial spell at Roma was pretty good before he got hurt the first time. Look at the, the, the Ibarbo and uh, Diumba. I think it's pretty clear what the idea is from here on out. So, uh, with the Turbe in Girvinio, we need that kind of 
run guys on the pitch. And we just added two more. So um it will be exciting to see. Come again? Did you see the game today? Yeah. What did you think of Ibarbo's uh, short short time on the pitch? Well, we talk about players being raw. I think he's one of those players that needs... I don't think he's the go-to guy from the start-off. But um, Diomba, he should be. Um, but, you know, he has... Both have, like... Like Ibarbo, you can see that guy has pace, you know. Um, but he lacked... I don't know. You need you need everyone to click to to take yeah, advantage right. exactly. of, when, of when, each other. Yeah, when when we're when we're in a possession mode in the final third, your pace just got reduced to sixty percent of its value, right? Because you're not making long runs. You're already in the final third. The defense is on the final third, so now it's coming about precision and and intelligence. Right, so your soccer IQ needs to be super high to know when and where to make a run, and then somebody has to spot it and put the ball where you're going to have an opportunity. But this is to one do of the something things too, where having Dumbia could help us more because now we have guys like Jorginho and you know Ibarbo who, even in the final third when we have possession, if they can beat their man and get to the byline to fire across, they'll actually have a target this time as right. opposed to firing right. to you know if if Doty's playing as a false nine. Destro, you know, for all the good he is, he's, he wasn't the tallest guy, so he he wasn't always a terribly good header focal point up front. Even though he did actually almost score a very good header for Milan this past weekend, um, but it, it is one of those things where having both of them could benefit each other, and I, I'm hoping that could happen. Yeah, I, I fear that what's going to happen is this could create a very disjointed attack where we have an attack that's built completely on pace for counterattack. And the rest of the team is kind of designed for possession, and then the two don't mesh, mesh well. Yeah, my, my concern is around, uh, you know, making sure that if we're having this pace coming in and t- taking the ball to the byline, uh, to the end line, um, working to get around and past the defense, uh, that there likely is going to have to be some midfield presence in the box as well if we want to try and create chances. Because if it's only to get it to uh, our center forward, then it's not going to work. And I think when we've been at our most successful is when we have a midfielder or two in the box. I agree, but I would I would settle at this point just for getting it to a center forward <laughs> who can score goals because that's how yeah, that's how steps. that's how bad it's been. I mean, baby, baby steps. right? Baby steps. I don't think that we're going to be able to get back to free flowing right away. It's going to be baby steps. But like, if we can get the wins, if we can just get the goals, I mean, the impact that those could have could be immeasurable. Um, were you happy when Destro went out the door? Uh, I don't know if I want to say happy is the right word. Um, I was maybe neutral towards it. You know, I didn't, I didn't mind that he left. Uh, but at the same point in time, I didn't mind him on the team. You know, I, I agree with all the comments that everybody's made about maybe not the best fit and things like that. Uh, but he also brought a lot of crap on himself. So, um, you know, uh, like I said, uh, pretty pretty neutral about it. Julian? I think that the Destro transfer is the litmus test for how anti-Rudy Garcia some of the fans have become, because there are some fans who I could have sworn spent most of the season hating on Destro on Twitter for not doing enough, for not running enough, for not supporting the team, for not being good enough. And then as soon as he left use that against Rudy Garcia to say that he didn't integrate youth into the team and we just sold a great player to a rival. So I, I don't think you can have it both ways. But I do think that he is a great player, and I wish him the best at Milan. I think that the way Milan are set up, he can probably um, do better there. But for the system that we want to play, he just wasn't a good fit. And I think that even his goals last season kind of belied the fact that he didn't really contribute much to the build-up. He was doing a great job finishing it, but that was really the only thing he was doing. And and now that the goals have gone, there wasn't much left behind. So and I'm not exactly happy to see him go, but I, I do think that he wasn't a good fit for what we're trying to do right now. For crap's sake, stay on sides, for the love of God. I know. 
And he's got, look at his coach now. He's got the best teacher in the world for that. Yeah. Best, best and worst, right? Yeah. <laughs> what about you, um, Alex? Yeah, Al, you're. I said this on the podcast many times. I think he's a second tier, uh, striker. That means I think he's a, a, a good striker, a very good striker for us, but he's not good enough for where we want to be. I mean, he was a good striker for us. What now. do you consider Dubia? Do you think he's a top tier? Uh, although that's, that's hard to say because I don't know him well enough. His track record is good though, but it's too early. I mean, he can be, but, uh, I, I don't, I, I need to see him more to judge him, but I did see him against Manchester City. He was great. He was very good against Roma. Um, uh, and he was good against Bayern München as well. I saw when we played against Manchester City, uh, I saw some highlights with, uh, with him against uh, Bayern München and man, they did struggle with him. So it should be exciting if he's a, you know, top tier. I don't know. Uh, hopefully that, because that's what we need. So yeah. Did we ask Twitter or no? No. I think we're... That's fine. Yeah. We don't have to do that. I Should, just wanted to see if we did or not. Beside that weird uh, Destiny intro, should we mention why we so late on the podcast? Why haven't we recorded? Yeah. We can we can address the 800-pound uh, gorilla. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess just the timing, schedules. One of us was available. Two of us were available. Uh, couldn't find a third or couldn't find the right day. I mean. Life. Yeah. 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 Life. Yes, life, life happens. But, but I mean, our goal I is always off. to do it more frequently and, and we will certainly right. endeavor to do that moving forward. Um, and I said this off the record and, and I, I want to say this again though. I won't obviously name names this time, but you know, there's been a lot of podcasts, I think recently within the past five years or so who were covering Syria or Roma, you know, from an English a lot of them have, have tried, and I think to our credit, I mean, we were definitely not the most regular one, but as far as I know, for the ones that have been around, like, even for a decent amount of time, we're the only ones that are still kind of recording these, so, yeah. again, for the three people who listen, <laughs> you know, we appreciate it, we do. Thanks, um, Mom. Yeah, yeah but, but I think the reality is it's just really hard. I mean, doing a podcast is not only just coordinating times between me and Greg, who are on the east coast of the U.S., and yeah, Alex, who's in Norway, and... But that's it's also someone's issue. got to record it. That's, someone's yeah. got to edit it. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's... That's a huge a, issue. And I mean... If we were all in the same we first time zone, we'd probably be able to do this a lot easier, but... Yeah. It's tough, and for, I, I know it's tough the, for Alex, for sure. Yeah, but you need... To, I mean, when I first started doing these, I was the one recording and editing it, and so I know how much time it takes, and <laughs> thankfully Alex has taken over, so that's not... That's not something I worry about, but yeah, I mean, we owe a lot of this to Alex. Yep. Agreed. And I'm being lazy as well, the last, so... Or busy. Um, but you know, I guess we can thank Boriello for, uh, finally giving us a good <laughs> cause to record again. Yes, this is all because of him. <laughs> do we want to go, do we want to do a quick, we've talked about Dumbia and Ibarbo in terms of the team, but do we want to just do quick thoughts on how, um, our January Mercato went? Do we, are we surprised no midfielders? <laughs> no, are, are you kidding? I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I mean, compared to all the injuries? I think we're just, we're too stacked in midfield, even given all the injuries. I mean, eventually these guys are going to be healthy, and then what do you do with eight midfielders who all want to play? The Rossi has, what, another 10 days? He should be back pretty soon. I mean, Kieta's back now, Nangulan. Luckily, he's one of the few guys that seems like he doesn't get injured very often. Bionic has actually hasn't had really many injury issues for us either over the years. Um, you never know. Right, of course. But I'm <laughs> more surprised that we seem we seem to be stocking up on center backs, and I hope this means that Estori's option is not going to be taken up. But even so, this summer we're, we would have Castan, Manolas, Romagnoli, who Pelotas already said is coming back from loan. Mapu, we just had to buy outright. Spoli. And a story now. I mean, that's just way. That's way too many. That's way too many. I think overpaying and gambling in the January window. It's it's 
it's something you know it's something to consider so that we did so much and, is uh, actually it's, surprising it's also worth I thought I thought the Barbo signing was I mean I know he's he's another one on loan with an option to buy but again I mean this summer then for our forward options for next year we're looking at Totti will be in his last year um we'll have bought Dumbia outright Florenzi will be there Ibarbo will be there Iturbe and Gervinho um Oh, Lyage. Yeah. I mean, that's like that's seven players for six for three spots. I, that seems that seems excessive to me. And again, even if you know we want to give Tolti very limited minutes, I, I I just can't see any good reason to take up Ibarbo's option for the amount of money that they want for him. And of course, there's the rumor going around that we signed him in order to kind of deflate the price we'd have to pay for Nengolan second half. But for the amount that they want for Ibarbo's to buy him outright it seems like it, it would just be a crazy amount of money but it's only upside to uh, a loan with the obligation to buy because if we buy him it's because we think it's he did good, a, a good job with us and and he we would like to keep him so right so of course we pay two and a half million to have him now but given the cir- circumstances really we kind of need him so um, with all injuries, so I think if if we want to keep him, I'm sure Sabatini will try to lower the price as well. So, getting rid of Borriello finally, and I I really feel like such are the woes of Roma now that you know a year ago finally getting rid of Borriello would have been huge, but we I mean we finally got rid of him on a permanent deal. We don't pay his, his insane wages anymore. He was the but, third highest wage earner in the squad. But he was gone in in June anyway, right? Yeah. Wasn't this contract over? Yes. Right, contract's up in June, but yeah, so that's, a, it's at least that's months, why months that's why last year would have been great, whereas this year it's nah. You know, do you know what the weird thing is? We started this podcast when he was on his first year with Roma, and it, we yeah. actually dig that's right. Uh, Boriello, he was actually well, good for us with Menes. On the I remember we would talk about how we would was putting him and uh, Menez in, in the second half of games, and they were winning us games. We were like, why aren't they starting? Mm. <laughs> now, he's at Genoa, Menez is at Milan winning them games, and we're here. Five years well, later. Borriello may be gone, but we will keep moving forward. What? <laughs> yes! There's the signature move. Now, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's... It's... Um, so nice that we all grew up together. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. even Julian has uh, have a bit more a manly voice since the first podcast. Oh, you think he's shaving now too? Time, right? <laughs> you're shaving now, right? Let's see. When we started this podcast, I was uh, I was 19. Wow! Damn. Yeah. <laughs> now twenty thousand years old. Yep. You sure are. Alright. Um, is, is there, I feel there's something we need to consider bringing up before we wrap it up. I don't know. Have we, is there any big topics? I say we, I don't know if there's anything big left, but if there is, if it's large enough to talk about now, we can, but if not, we use that as a reason to make sure we don't let another X amount of months go by before we record another one. Hey, don't make you promises you can't now? keep. <laughs> That's why I said X months, because, you know, that could go on as many as I feel like it. Yeah, nine months, but not ten. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. Julian, what did you did you, have, did you have anything specific you were thinking about when you said that? No, I mean, it's just so much going on. So I I think, given the circumstances, I think the whole imploding scenario going on right now is the thing to talk about, and we have talked about it, and maybe we even talked about how we can salvage the current problems. Um, so, I mean, there's no use going five months back and go through all the games, obviously. So... Um, and Garcia, I think the the thing is maybe Garcia is a topic to go further into next time because he's currently uh, under a, a bit of pressure. So it'll be yep. interesting to see if that increases or decreases. Well, let's let's give him some time with his new ingredients, as you say, Alex, and 
Bake uh, that cake. Yeah, let's see if it, let's see if, you know, it really was a situation of he was trying to make the most of what he had. Uh, but now that he's got some people that are, uh, a little bit more towards perhaps the skill sets that he wants, if, if that brings about some, some more success. Yeah, but I, I will, I will go back to my, yeah, seems fair enough to me. One of my initial points, I mean, I don't think we can, I think we need to fix the defense. That's the key. Fix the defense and the rest will fall. How do we, how do we fix the defense without a, no, that's you know, without a transfer, so. right. Right at the moment, we just have to do what what with with the players we have, and um, I don't think we can uh, expect us to suddenly pick up the pace and fight Juventus. But I think we will be able to land the second place, um, and in the summer, I think we really have to evaluate. Every single player, um, not only in the defense, but for me, it's like it's obvious. We need uh, a Manolas is good, but we need uh, if Castan is back, that's great. But we still need someone beside um, who can step in and be ready to be there. Romagnoli. Yeah, I mean, I'm counting on Romagnoli too, but I think it's too soon to. Uh, I will, I will, I'm, I, I want to try him, of course, but I'm not. Too, I'm not too sure that he has taken like that giant leap with only one season with Sampdoria. Is he I, that? Well, I don't. I don't. I would start him in the Champions League, but I think he's definitely ready to start against Serie A teams now. I think he's been doing. Isn't, he, isn't he doing that now? Right, that's what I'm saying. So I think that he would be ready to come back and do that for us. Hopefully, I'm wrong, but maybe we're going for someone like Balanta this summer, and then suddenly we have. Uh, a new youngster fighting. I, suddenly we have nine center backs and <laughs> we yeah. have to figure out what to do with all of them. Well, Spoli's only, uh, loan, right? We don't have to, we didn't buy him, did we? No, it's a loan, but it's like one million for the loan and a one and a half and one, one and a half to keep him, so. Spoli's the kind of guy you don't really mind having as like fifth choice center back. You know, like I don't, he's, for me, he's not the problem. The problem is like the gap between Manolas and, and, um, Castan and then, you know, Mapu and Astori is just way too big. So is that what he meant then when he said he didn't come here to be fourth choice center back? He actually came here to be fifth choice. Well, he did say that, and I admire the ambition. But given how Astori and Mapu are playing, he may very quickly become second-choice centre-back. So, any thoughts on the next games or the season from here on out? Nah, nah we're good, man. After Cagliari, it's uh, good times ahead, just like uh, Coach said. <laughs> very nice. Uh, all right. <laughs> I mean, just, just, we need to just, I mean, it's simple. We need to start scoring and we need to start winning. And it comes down to that. Until those happen, yep. until we can score without going behind, until we stop making stupid mistakes, we're gonna, we're gonna be here, you know? Yeah. And, um, we need, we need to start creating that gap again, a buffer against Napoli. And they have yep. a lot of momentum right now. So, yeah. um, just I, win. I'm just all, go out there and win. I, I agree, Al Davis. Um, but I, would like I don't understand that reference. <laughs> Me neither. Look it up. Um, so I just would almost say a loss if we had a game that we we were just creating chances. Uh, I would be very happy to see us do that because I think Julian, you made the point in the beginning of the pod where we, we don't we're just not looking like we're playing good. You know, we're not playing good football at all, and. I would love to see uh, us just go out there and actually play like that, you know. And if if we if we score, we score. That'd be obviously would be great. Um, but if it just looks like we know what we're doing, we're playing, we're moving the ball around, and we're making plays, and we're getting scoring chances, uh, I would be very happy to, to at the very least see that. All right. All right. Well, well. I want to thank everybody for listening. You know, it's been a long time since we put one of these out, and we do apologize. Uh, but uh, our love for the team is not waning. 
and we will do our best to continue to support LaMagicast, as uh, we hope you continue to support LaMagicast. And it was great uh, to get on the mics again, boys. Yeah. It was fun. Definitely. All right. See you in another six months. Later. <laughs> right. Bye, guys. Bye. Uh, grazie, Roma. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.